Hello, everybody. My name is Nimesh Radia, and welcome to the Spiritual Journey podcast. Today's episode is number 30, so I'm really happy to get to 30. Um, as of hopefully, you know, hopefully you've noticed, we're doing more episodes, so we're, we're adding at least one episode a week. We're really getting the cycle of adding new episodes every Monday, so super, super excited for that. And I really want to get consistent, consistently show up at the same time every every week, allows you know, your listeners to really have a certain expectation that something new is going to come out every Monday. And this episode is the second in a series of four. Um, we're covering all four bodies one week at a time. So last week was physical, this week moving on to mental, the week out next week will be emotional, and the week after that will be spiritual. And um, there's a connection with all four bodies, right? And it's, you know, when you're on the spiritual journey and you're going through um, any sort of awakening or any sort of breakthrough, um, all four bodies are really important. And um, for example, your physical, it's like a base chakra. Without doing, without having a, a strong vessel, it's hard to work on the others. And just like that, mental is just as important. It's it's about, you know, kind of managing the mind so you can actually truly listen to your heart and soul. And um, yeah, so this this why I'm excited for this episode. Um, as I mentioned last week, everything we're kind of doing is going to be aligned around that one topic. So if you do follow us on, on Instagram, we'll be talking about the same topic. And if you do follow us on Clubhouse, again, the same thing. So uh, I encourage you to follow us on those platforms. Enjoy the, enjoy joining the conversation, certainly on Clubhouse. And uh, said, so, but yeah, I want to get this, this podcast going. Um, I'll always, always start every podcast with the same question. What are you doing to shine your light on you? So many of us are shining a light on others. We really need to prioritize shining a light on ourselves. So my first question is always, what are you doing uh, to shine the light on you? I'm excited again to welcome the amazing Stacey Brown. She's a really good friend of mine and really, um, in many ways, my mentor, my expander, she expands me in ways that I don't think anyone else could in terms of just, um, even on the mental side, right, just asking the right questions to truly help me understand what's happening to me. And so I would love, love, love for Stacey to introduce herself. Stacey, welcome to the podcast. As I said last week, it's now our podcast. So Stacey Brown, over to you, Stacey. Please introduce yourself. <laughs> Thanks, Nims. Um, yeah, I'm Stacey. I'm an intuitive healer. I'm a certified Reiki practitioner. I'm a spiritual mentor and coach. I'm an Akashic record reader, and I am a soon-to-be published author. My book um, is with an editor right now in manuscript form, and the book is anticipated to be out by the end of the year. So I'm really excited. And Nims, you've been helping me work on this project. Um, and you're asking me, I'm sure, what I did to shine my light on me today. And so I will tell you, I had a lot of obstacles that got in my way, just some chaos happening at home. And I've been fiercely dedicated to getting exercise in. So even though I couldn't leave the house and go to the park like I planned, I still uh, was able to get on the treadmill and get in a good workout before jumping into my workout day. So, or my, yeah. my work day, <laughs> my work day. So yeah, it's, it's been a good day so far. And my question to you is, what are you doing to shine light on you, Nims? What have I done today to shine light on me? Honestly, I, I had a, a weird night's sleep. Um, and so I allowed myself the rest of the day. I had some things cancel on the day and I took time out for me. I sat, I sat in the garden, I did some meditation, just really connecting back to me. Um, we had an amazing call with one of our uh, one of our mentees and you know that also lifted my soul. So um, that's kind of what I did today that I felt like my soul needed a bit of nurturing, so I nurtured my soul. And I just remembered, I haven't actually introduced myself. Stacey, I wanted to introduce you first. Uh, so hi, everybody. I am Nims Nimesh. Um, most people call me Nims. I'm also an Akasha record reader, spiritual coach and mentor. And I'm a big believer that we're really being, we've been really pushed to shine a light right now. And I just love guiding people to help them shine their light. And um, that's really what I partly why I think I'm, I'm here for. Um, I know my voice is my gift, which is why I started this podcast, to share whatever knowledge I have. And a lot of the time I feel the knowledge isn't mine. It comes from a different place, and yeah, I'm excited to to be here. And Stace, always love being in this space with you. We have this connection, and um, 
So I'm excited to get this conversation going. So this week we're on body, we're on body two, which is the mental body. And just want to kind of kick it off to you, really. I kind of talked a little bit about it earlier when I was introducing the podcast. But from your perspective, Stace, why is the mental body important? What does it drive for you? So I think in order to really talk about this topic, you know me, and I, I'm not light and fluffy. I always jump right in. And um, mental health has been a huge part of my journey. And getting myself in a space of being mentally healthy has been part of that. Um, I grew up in a family where there were absolutely mental health issues in the generations before me. Um, when it got to the point where I was having children, I didn't really think about genetics. You know, when you, at least for me, when I decided to have children, I just knew I loved my husband and I wanted to procreate, you know, I didn't think about what am I going to give birth to and how is that going to impact them? And my journey with my mental health started in my preteens and teenage years. Um, I, I think I'm going to refrain in this from talking exactly about diagnosis and stuff like that. Just, I, I don't feel like that's really what we're getting at, but I will just say, I, I definitely had some struggles, but it wasn't until I gave birth that I experienced, um, significant postpartum issues and it, and it impacted my mental health. And I then a few years ago, um, faced some issues with my son and his mental health. So I'm coming from the perspective of my personal mental health and the mental health of the generation before me and the generation after me. Okay. And what I have become profoundly aware of is that without taking, um, the inventory in how we show up, it is really, really hard to be aware if there is something that needs to be shifted. And for me, I have had to really pay close attention to my mental health. Um, for me, little things impact my mental health. Nims, if I don't get a good night of sleep, if I don't work out and get exercise in some way, um, I can feel the ripple effect on my mental health. But to go a step further, um, if I drink alcohol, I find that even in small amounts, it impacts my mental health. I get anxious. I feel depressed. It, it's, it's not the hangover. It's the, it's the mental aspect of what it does to me. Um, and it's been a journey that I'm still on, right? I'm still learning about myself, but I became a huge advocate for more mental health awareness when I saw my son struggling so much that he attempted to take his own life. It's upsetting enough as, a, as an individual to experience a mental health crisis, which I have been in. Um, it's very uncomfortable for me to say, but I have actually been hospitalized or my mental health struggles. Um, I believe that there are certain practitioners out there who know what they're doing and are capable of helping you on the journey. And I had contact with one of them who really brought me out of a crisis so that I could parent. But it's a whole other issue when it's your child. And for me, um, it was a lot to work through to watch my son struggle with his mental health. And it manifested in um, drugs, drug use, and it manifested in an attempt on his life. And when that happened, I started working in our community to, to raise awareness to other parents of some of the struggles that our children are facing. So this topic is near and dear to my heart because I think it's something that we're not, it's not as stigmatized as it once was, 
but I still feel like there's a vibration about it that's held in secrecy or shrouded in, in shame and guilt. And the one thing that I have wanted to do on this journey to, to the podcast, to our clubhouse rooms, to our interaction with our clients, is I always want to be open and authentic and let them know that I don't come from a place of being passionate about helping people on their journey because it was easy for me. I'm passionate about it because I know it's life-changing. And so for me, it, it takes daily discipline, daily action to be in a healthy mental space. But I do feel like I have found the recipe that works for me. And I'm here talking about this because I want other people to be able to find their recipe as well. It's really, you know, you said a lot in that, in what you just said, in terms of, you know, the importance of self-care. I mean, we did an episode recently on self-care, self-love, two different ones. Um, and it's really interesting how that always comes up. It kind of gives you, a, having a strong self-care routine kind of gives you a foundation to then build upon, to kind of really understand what's happening around you. And without that, it's, it's kind of really hard. And then you you talk about the stigma around mental health and, you know, you'd like to think in this day and age, uh, being open is a good thing. Um, but it is really interesting. There's still a stigma around it. And, um, yeah, when we talk about it spiritual, we are, a, you know, we're a soul having a human experience. So a lot of these mental health challenges are in a way um, sent to challenges, sent to, cha sent to expand us. And it's kind of easy for me to say that. Um, but also I think a lot of people's mental health challenges are also the, lots of trap creativity that they don't find a vehicle to to express in today's world we're um you know very much programmed you know you kind of you know watch a box these laptops etc which is you know something similar we drink drink out of a cylinder you know it's kind of a, a very much a programmed life but it's like if you have creativity if you have channeling if you have what do you do with that i mean things are becoming more and more open um, but there's still, as you say, a stigma around it. And even when you said, you know, when you started talking about you being hospitalized, I think you used words like, um, you know, I can't remember the exact words you used, but there is stigma around it. Uh, for me, mental health um, and my mental strength in many ways has actually stopped my spirituality and it's kind of slowed me down. Because I, I mean, I've worked in the corporate world um, and, you know, the corporate world is very rigid, very structured. You get a lot of training. I've, I've been in leadership for many years and you get a lot of leadership training. You get a, so which means your mind is really structured. Your mind, your mental strength becomes very strong. You, you know, you almost don't use your, you use your heart, but it's more about, you know, having a routine, having rules, having a way of dealing with things. And it's like, you know, if you're going to want to give some news to somebody, you've got to sandwich it in, in terms of some good news and whatever bad news is, and then some good news. And it's that those sort of techniques are great. But actually, in this world of spirituality, I had to almost park that mental strength, those mental skills to one side for me to be open up to the magic of who I am and the healer I am in me. So it's that, you know, our ego, our mental strength, whatever you want to call it, has a lot to answer for. I mean, when you talk about men, um, the mental body, a lot of it is connected to our ego. And our ego is really just trying to protect us and stop us from changing. And, you know, I, for me, ego stands for earth guide only. And it's that, um, and it's, it's, it's understanding the role that your mental mind plays in your expansion. Because some of the conversations we have with ourselves in our mind, um, you know, if we had with a friend, we wouldn't be friends anymore, right? So some of the, some of the things that we, we say to ourselves and we've trained to do it, it's just that, you know, sometimes we do an autopilot without even thinking about it. It's that. You know, for me, it's that, you know, when, when you talk about meditation and sitting in nature and that for me is, is almost training our minds to know that we're okay so that we can listen to our heart and soul. It's just, you know, maybe just encourage our listeners to take a moment and think about what is your self-talk like? And when you look in the mirror, what do you say to yourself? Because... Now, what what you say to yourself when you look at yourself is reflected out into the world. And um, you know, we talk about a self-care routine 
really often on this podcast because it gives you a, a foundation because if you're not loving yourself then how can you expect someone else to love you and really it starts with taking care of yourself and there is a, a stigma around uh, mental health and kind of getting help and whatever I mean Stace talked about a story where she, she got help from somebody and you know the guide guided them guided her in, into us into a better place and that you know there's there's a stigma around getting help when you need it i have no shame in that in saying I'm, I'm i work with a therapist right i work with a therapist to work on some of my inner child stuff um i'd say more of the emotional than mental but there should be no shame to say that you asked for help for me it's a, it's a massive strength for you to to say i need help and um you know that's i i really think we've got to encourage because it's like how many of us are suffering in silence how many of us how many of us are have things going on that we have nobody to talk to about how many of us are you know kind of outside looking like we're super happy but inside you know we have stuff going on that we don't know how to deal with and i really feel in today's world things are changing maybe more slower than we'd all like but i don't think there's as much of a, as much of a stigma like i said i have no issue saying i work with a therapist but there's nothing wrong with it right and I'll always say that all we need is inside us, all the love, all the answers, all the joy. But sometimes we need guidance to find those answers. And that's, for me, what a good therapist does. And, you know, we do a lot of coaching and mentoring. And, again, for us, it's always about guiding people, not fixing people. But what's your view in kind of asking for help and kind of what's happening in the world today and kind of what's that meant for you? I know you've already talked about you asked for help. Um, but, yeah. Can you expand on that? And yeah, I mean, I so I think one of the things that that I I want to say to the listener because I'm I'm envisioning right now somebody listening to this podcast and they feel because of their struggles with mental health that they're not strong, they're not a strong person, that they're somehow weak. And I want you to hear me say, I think some of the strongest people in the world are people who reach out and say, I cannot do this on my own, and I need help. So hear me, feel my vibration when I say you are brave. Um, I, you know, after everything happened with my son three and a half years ago, the first three weeks that he was in the hospital, I didn't sleep. He was in a medically induced coma. He was fighting for his life and I did not sleep. And at that point, I was not taking any medications um, for my mental health but I was in a crisis, right? I mean, my, my child was in shock trauma fighting for his life. And at the, like towards the end of that three weeks, I became very aware that I had to do something I, I had to. And so I reached out to my doctor. I made an appointment. I went in and saw her and I started taking medication again. And I know that for some people, people, that's not something that they want to do. And you know what? That's, that's okay. For me, I was aware that I was not okay. And I didn't know how to be okay because it was a crisis and a place that I was going mentally and emotionally and physically that I had never gone to before. And that level of trauma was something my body couldn't handle. Um, I have continued you know, here we are three and a half years later, I have continued to seek the support of a professional and have relied on the help of a professional through all of this, both with a therapist and someone prescribing my medication. And I don't know how I would have gotten through without that support. And I believe that my son has been my greatest um, teacher because watching him struggle and how hard it was for him to get himself back up and make it, make recovery a priority and to take care of, of his mental health inspired me to make mine a priority. I was aware that what kind of mom could I be when I'm sleep deprived and I'm anxious or I'm depressed, what, what kind of mother can I be to my children? And it took me being in a situation where I had no control 
over anything but myself and feeling like I was ravaged before I made that a priority. And through that experience, I became aware that the only thing I have control of is me. The only thing that I have control of is me and how I show up in the world. And I think that I spent a lot of years in a diagnosis that wasn't necessarily accurate because I wasn't using my gifts. I hid the fact that I was intuitive for decades and I would shut out messages that I got for myself and for others. I was reckless. I didn't understand my abilities spiritually. And so I think that that had a huge impact on how I felt mentally, right? Because there was no way for me to understand how I could sense and feel and know things about other people just by placing my hands on them or being in a room with them. And once I started to dial in on those things and really understand who I am and how I'm showing up in the world, my mental health dramatically improved because I was using my gifts and abilities instead of trying to suppress them. And so I would be curious to ask the listener, you know, how could you dig a little deeper into who you are? You know, when you, when you sit and think about what you feel, like, do you feel anxiety? Do you feel depression? Do you feel like your thoughts are racing? Like there are so many different ways that it can manifest. Um, and I know so many people who struggle with this MIMS. And I think the biggest thing is we all are on a screen, like you were saying with technology and we get on social media and we see people's highlight reel. You know, we see they went on a vacation, they bought a new car, they moved to a bigger house, they got a pool, they got, you know, they got a new dog, they have a new baby. And we see that and we compare. And I think we're all so much harder on ourselves than ever before because we have constant exposure to this comparison syndrome. And I definitely think that that contributes to the way that we feel about ourselves. And for me, this is one of those topics that it's just impacted so much of my life that I'm getting messages while I'm trying to talk to you. So Nothing let, me, <laughs> let, let the, the listener can't see, but I just, I, I'm getting like a, a download message. Um, and I want to be really cautious about talking about this, but um, when I was 22, um, my father very abruptly uh, left my mother after 28 years of marriage and hindsight, I believe that he was in a, a massive mental health crisis and it was extremely traumatizing to me and to, to the rest of my family. Uh, my mom, for a period of time, it was almost impossible for her to function she couldn't get out of bed. She lost a bunch of weight. She was a shell of a person. And I believe that sometimes out of our most painful experiences comes our biggest motivation. And I can remember going over to my mother's house and caring for her when she couldn't get out of bed and I didn't want that to happen to me. And I know, like I know, that I've inherited a lot of things from my parents, both good and bad. And between what I saw from my parents and then what I saw from my son, 
it made me want to fight even harder for myself. You know, I think so many of us believe that if we struggle with our mental health, that it means that we're weak. But I actually believe that we're not weak. Our minds just work different and they need a different type of nurturing. And I believe there are so many things that impact our mental health. What we expose ourselves to visually, the people that we surround ourselves with, the environment that we live in, what we read, what we listen to. Do we get outside? Do we spend time in nature? Do we get our heart pumping with exercise? Like, what are you feeding your brain? And I wanna ask the listener, like, what are you feeding your brain? There are certain things we go through that we can't possibly anticipate we're going to experience that can cause a mental health crisis. But what can we do today to improve our mental health. And I've become fiercely dedicated because of my experiences. Wow, powerful stuff, Stacey, powerful stuff. I just wanna um, react, respond to a couple of things you said. One, um, you said you were receiving a message. I just wanna clarify to people what that means. Um, so a lot of time, you know, when, when we're kind of spiritually connected, we do receive channel messages. And um, I believe we all have that capability to receive messaging. Actually, I believe a lot of people do receive um, messages that they just don't know what it is. And um, you, know, you, you raise a few important points in terms of our programming. You know, I'm, a, I'm a big believer that mental, a lot of mental health is, is also about us trying to conform. Maybe trying to conform to what our parents expect or what society expects or what. And it's like we're trying to fit ourselves into a box and we don't belong in a box. And when we stifle our, our own creativity, our own being, our own reason for being here, we struggle inside because we're fighting against who we are compared to who we expect people think that we should be like, right? It's not even, and it's like, so you have the internal fight and that causes issues. And it's that, you know, the other thing I would mention is, um, you know, you said you were channeling and I really feel that, um, a lot of people, when they're, when they're that spiritual and they're channeling, that also causes a conflict because if you receive the messages, you start to wonder well, how these, where are these messages coming from. You try and find ways to stifle that that spiritual spiritual gift, whatever you want to call it, because you don't understand it. So you want to stop it. You want to stop it. And that's when you start to kind of maybe take meds or whatever you want to take to kind of, because we don't understand it and there's not enough people that talk about it. Uh, and so what if, you know, the challenges we face are because partly because of our programming and expectations and partly because we're fighting who we truly, truly meant to be. And maybe that's a, a question for our listeners too, you know, in terms of who are you? Are you living your life? Are you living a program life? Are you meeting your expectations? Are you meeting someone else's expectations? It's really liberating when we truly understand why we're here and understand that now, the people in our life in some way are sent to expand us. Our blood family, for sure, our soul pick to ex help us expand. Um, but it's just, you know, understanding why you're here and allowing yourself to nurture your gifts and your creativity in a way that allows you to be. And, um, you know, one of the things we haven't talked about is, you know, Stacey, you talked about being on meds. Um, there's a lot more information out there on, on healing yourself naturally. There's a lot more things available. And, um, you know, I'm just curious what your take on it is really in terms of, um, you know, because, you know, hopefully I'm not sharing too much, but I've seen you struggle in terms of trying different things. And, you know, you, you, we, you, we have this intention of really being conscious of what are we feeding our body and, um, you know, feeding our body with all these meds and look, if you're in pain and you need to take something, you need to take something. But I wonder if we're open to alternatives and a different way of being. Yeah. So, I mean, Nims, you know me, I'm full disclosure, right? I, I, I wish that I had a filter friends, but I don't, I, I feel I've like had, this is. Thanks. I love it when you say friends, there's only one way I can be. Yep. I'm going to be this real with you. 
every time you say it, whether it's on Insta, whether you say it's on this podcast <laughs> or Clubhouse, it always brings a because I'm so proud of you for for just being you, the authentic self. How many of us are are, are kind of living a life which isn't you know, which is, I mean, it's like even just as a side note, when we went to Mexico, there was stuff that you were going through and you shared it. It wasn't like, you know, you, you shared this experience of you were going through stuff. We we're always going through stuff. So and I love the fact you're always, always super real. So never apologize for that, Stace. You always say, friends. <laughs> and I love that. So I just wanted to so, drop, I've dropping you, but I just love it when you say it. So Nims, it's 3.33 here. Um <laughs> Um, and if you believe in the power of numbers, um, I definitely think that means something. So uh, what I didn't share yet is um, that uh, I, I didn't want to go on addictive prescription medications when everything happened with my son. So I made the decision personally to try medical marijuana. And in the crisis, in the moment of the crisis, it worked for me. I was using it just at night. It was helping me sleep. Um, and I felt like I could function because of it. And for me, the aftermath of my son's horrific crash was more challenging for me personally than the crash itself. Uh, I often tell people that the day that he, the day that he made the decision that his life wasn't worth living anymore, it was like he put the whole family in the car with him. And we all came out with different injuries. And we were all totally different than we were before that day. And what I wasn't aware of was because my mental health was not in a good space, I was, I was reckless in my decision-making. I was, I was acting in crisis mode and some of the decisions that I made during that time impacted my marriage. Um, and I can't take full responsibility for that. It was two people that were trying to navigate nearly losing their child. Right. But um, I got to a point in the time following that I was relying on medical marijuana every single day, every day. I was checking out from life instead of it being something that was helping me to facilitate in me sleeping. It was almost like I was relying on it just to survive each day. Um, wow, this is super uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but it feels important because I know, you know, again, this is a super controversial topic. There are people who, this, this is a part of their life and they're totally fine with it. And you know what? There's no judgment for me, but for me, it was not a way I wanted to live. And when I finally left my marriage, almost immediately, I was sober. Almost immediately. And as I came out of that fog, I realized that I was trying to disconnect from the dysfunction. It, the, the dynamic in our home through all of the things that were happening with my son, with my marriage, with my other kids, how it was impacting them, uh, my physical health. I had some medical crisis that happened after everything happened with him. I mean, it was like, we went from one serious crisis to the next serious crisis to the next serious crisis. And through all of those things, I wasn't even aware of how much I was relying on medical marijuana until I was removed from the situation. And it was interesting because Nims, you know, I came to visit you a couple of times during that time. And every time I would come to visit you, I would be sober. 
and I would be living. And I was like, does this mean that I'm supposed to live in the UK? Cause I feel healthy here. Right. And then well, I would go home. So. <laughs> right. But then I would go home to my toxic marriage and within 24 hours, I would be doing the same behavior. And it was like, my soul knew that where I was, wasn't healthy for me, but instead of facing it and saying, okay, this isn't right for me. I was numbing it. That's, that's my perception of it. Mentally, I could not handle what was happening around me. And so I chose to check out in a way. And, um, it's fascinating because until I was out of the situation and could kind of take a vantage point of looking into it from a distance, it wasn't until then that I realized that I was not making my mental health a priority, not in the way that, that I knew that I needed. I was, I was checking out in a way. And again, you know, this is strictly my opinion. I think that anything in moderation can be acceptable, but when it becomes a crutch that you have to lean on, for me, that's when there's an issue. And I feel for me that it, it became a crutch and it became a way for me to not have conversation. You know, I was with a partner who didn't want to talk about anything. And for me, going through this experience with my child brought about this massive awakening to a greater purpose that I was meant to help people. And to have a partner who doesn't see me and doesn't acknowledge me, I took it out on myself. And I started this kind of almost abusive behavior to myself. Like, okay, if we can't have a conversation about our marriage and we can't connect, I'm just going to try to numb myself because that's what my partner's doing. Right. And so I became a mirror with his behavior. And I've been, I'm really going into this, but when I, I was a kid, I was always told that I was a lot, you know, that I was too much and that stuck with me. You know, I didn't want to be too much. I didn't want to overwhelm people. Well, then you go through a crisis like this and have this massive spiritual awakening where you have to finally say, I'm intuitive. I'm a healer. I need to live my purpose. And there's this fear that you're too much. What if I'm too much? What if people can't handle it? What if, what if, what if? And I did that to myself so much in that dynamic in my household that it was like I was trying to put a bag over my own head and suffocate myself. And until I got away from that situation and I started really taking a look at myself, I wasn't even aware of how disconnected I was. And for me, this last several months of going through a separation, abruptly moving out of my home completely. I mean, I, I, I sold the home of my dreams. Uh, I've I'm distant with some of my children right now. I mean, it's been heartbreaking, but I am finding myself. I am a very mentally tough woman. I could definitely definitely confirm that. And um, in Stace, I've seen your journey from the outside and maybe you have a unique perspective on it, but it's that you say you, you sold your dream home and, and all those sort of things. But I felt your energy when you were when you were in that home. And you know, you were so slowly dying in there, right? There was a part of you that was, you know, when I, I could feel your energy in the morning when you, you know, you went on. Uh, marijuana, except for you were just, you know, you were lively. You were, and as as you as you started to take things to survive, your energy was so different. And now, sure, you're in a rebuild phase, and you've been through a lot. But it's like your energy is so much brighter. It's so much different. You're showing up in so many different ways. I tell every listener, you're keeping me on my toes for sure, right? And it's that because you're starting to truly be, decide who you are. You're releasing all the programming. You're truly becoming 
that healer that you knew you were meant to be. And you know, yeah, you it took me. It took me nearly to it. losing. It took me nearly losing everything, Nims. I mean, in in a sense, right? I mean, I I hit rock bottom. Like for me, it was rock bottom. Okay, it was rock bottom. I I was always thinking, if I have and fill in the blank, it will make me happy, right? If I get married outside yourself, yeah. Yes, if I get married, I'll be happy. If I have children, I'll be happy. If I build my own six-figure business, I'll be happy. If I buy this new car, I'll be happy. If I buy a bigger house where all of my kids have their own bedroom, I'll be happy. And that was how I operated. And right now in this moment, I, I have given away or sold most of my worldly possessions. I... I'm living in the basement of a moderate rancher so that I can be with my daughter. And I'm going through a separation and an impending divorce. And I have never been more sure of who I am and how I'm showing up in the world than right now. And I just think of like that woman In my head, it's a woman who is in an unhappy relationship or she is exhausted raising her children. She's trying to figure out how to juggle work and home. I think about her every day and I think you've got to fight for yourself. You've got to fight for yourself. I feel very strongly right now, like somebody is hanging on every word that I'm saying and they're like, well, how do I do it? And this is what I want to share. I believe that God was preparing me for this crisis well before it ever happened. At the age of 40, which was a few years ago now, almost six years ago, I was in the most aligned place I had ever been in my life. I had found my faith. I was deeply connected with God. Mentally and emotionally, I was very balanced. At that point, I was in, my relationship was fairly healthy. I was healthy and I was in the best physical shape of my life. But all of those things had been acquired Because I had taken the time to learn how to take care of myself in all four of my bodies. And I believe that that was the training that I was able to tap back into to regain my life now. The skills had been imparted to me through various mentors that were in my life. The daily disciplines that I had found that worked for me. And today, in this season, those lessons are the things that I use every day to keep myself in a healthy mental space. It's like once you learn the recipe, even if you deviate away from it for a while, those skills are within you forever. And for me, they've saved my life this time around because I've been able to take action and I know what works for me. Powerful words, Stace. And it's really interesting when you think about, when I think about your journey and um, you know, maybe there's people listening that really feel like they have nowhere to go, no faith, no kind of, you know, they've tried everything. Um, I really do believe the universe is training us for something. Um, and again, it's easy for me to say, but it's that what if everything we're going through is part of our training so we can guide and help others? I'm, I'm a, I also believe, you know, the universe in some way showed up for you um, when you came to London because it showed you a glimpse of who you could be. All of a sudden, you were in a different environment. You were in a safe environment. You were in an environment where you could just be you. And you're like, I remember at the time, you just, 
you couldn't understand it. It was like, it, well, I don't know what, what the appeal to London is, you know, it's like, but you were truly just, I think, I feel the universe is giving you a glimpse of who you really are, giving you a little taste and then taking you back and then you kind of like, but it was like almost training you and getting you ready for this time to truly start to become you because, you know, you having that and, and just maybe to, to the listeners is to ask is, you know, in what way has, and even if you're going through some really tough times, in what way has the universe shown up for you in a different sort of way? And it's just, if we can focus on even those small wins, they start to expand. Um, like I said, I, I, I really feel you sent out the message to the universe and that's when the universe stepped in um, to kind of just show you a different way of being To Because when you're in something so deep, it's really hard to just see any light and it's that hard to see anything different. Um, so anyone that's listening, you know, if you can, in whatever way, just change your environment for a couple of days to see things differently, um, that that can only help. And, you know, take time to understand what if the things that are happening to you are somehow getting you ready for something bigger. Um, you know, maybe ask who can you reach out to to help you know it's that um and if you're a listener it's like if there's somebody out there that you think could do with you reaching out to them then then reach out to them like how many of us you know pick up the phone sometimes and think about calling somebody who may need just to hear a friendly voice and think i'll do it later you know maybe we have a responsibility too to kind of connect to the people that we really feel instinctively we should um so, so you shared a lot of powerful powerful parts of who you are and um, I'd love for you to list just two or three things that maybe somebody that's listening that's struggling with mental health that, you know, may, you know, kind of sure getting help, whatever that looks like, would, I guess would be one of them. But from your perspective, um, what would you advise somebody who's kind of struggling to, to see their light, to see kind of why they're here? What are the, where should they start? What, what are the couple of things they could do to begin with? So the first thing I want to say before I answer that is um, I want the listener to think about what it would look like if you were mentally healthy and you could show up differently for the people in your life. What would that look like? You know, often when we're in that state of darkness, whatever it is, whether it's anxiety, depression, fear, what like whatever that is, wherever your mental health is, and how that impacts the relationships around you. What would it look like if you were mentally healthy in those relationships? So I think that's the first thing to think about because if we can't heal what we don't acknowledge, right? And if we don't have the awareness of how our mental state is impacting ourselves and the people around us, then it's gonna be hard to have the discipline to show up and do the actions. So that's the first thing I would say. And then the next thing I would say is, my, I'll give you my recipe that works for me. Um, for me, the first thing that goes when I'm not in a good mental state is, is my sleep. For me, I, I have learned that I need to be in bed asleep by 10 o'clock and wake up at six and get eight hours. That's the perfect night for me. Some people think that it's kind of ridiculous. How do you make time to sleep for eight hours? Like, or I can't sleep for eight hours. For me, I've known since I was a really young child that I, I thrive with more sleep. So that's the first thing, making sure that I'm in a routine that gets me to bed at a decent time. Does it happen every night? No, but it's always my goal because I'm aware that when that happens, I can operate better in the world. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I believe that what we feed our mind really impacts our entire day, impacts our mental state. So what we feed our mind specifically in the morning, I have a couple of devotional apps on my phone that I read every single morning. I'm not going to name the ones that I use, but I have found, I have three that I use, and it's just a short little caption that kind of sets my energy and connects me with my, my relationship with my higher power. And I believe that that's a really important way to start my day. The next thing is getting my body moving. For me, getting my heart rate up and making physical activity a priority makes a huge difference. Now, 
not everybody has the same routine. Several years ago, I fell in love with running. So what I like to do is either brisk walk or jog. And I have a certain amount of time and I go a certain distance. And that for me feels good. When I do that, for whatever reason, I feel way more accomplished. And I also feel way more calm in my mental state. So that's the next thing. And then the other thing that I really believe in is the power of journaling. Again, I believe that what we do with what's happening in our mind impacts the way that we show up in the world. So those are just a few of the things. I mean, there are other things that I do, like what I eat, et cetera. But those are the specific things that I can pinpoint that I know if I don't do those things, I'm not going to be in the same state of mind that I need to be. So I, I would say that's my focus. And I would also say to the, to the listener, in my humblest opinion, it has to be a daily commitment to yourself. It can't be a once a week thing. It can't be a once a month I'm having a crisis. For me, I have to take action every single day to nurture this mental space. Because if I don't, with everything that's coming at me, I'm not going to be able to be the healer that I am. I'm not going to be able to be the mentor that I am. I'm not going to be able to show up for other people, let alone, like, let alone myself, if I don't do those things. And Nims, I'm, I feel like you're, we're very close. We might not be geographically close, but we're working together every day with clients. 100%. I think you would agree. I think you would agree that when I take those steps, <laughs> there's a difference, right? Stace, sometimes it kind of scares me how much you can, you know, you know what I'm going to say. Cause um, I was just, I was just thinking, and I was like, I was going to wait for Wayne to respond. Um, I can see the difference when you've slept eight hours and when you have any tummy, but I can see the difference in your energy. I can tell the difference when, you know, we've had this conversation many times when you've done the, the physical activity compared to when you're not and just how you feel about it. And it's that, you know, it's, it's just, it's just really interesting. And um, if I even, you know, last week's episode on, on, on the physical body, again, the same thing consistently came up, right? That our routine, our self-care routine gives us such a foundation it gives us, it's like a base. Without the base, it's really hard to do anything. It's that, you know, it's, it's, it, I do see the difference. And I said last week, you know, you've influenced me. I mean, I'm, I'm used to, and I've gotten trained to, you know, kind of survive on four or five hours sleep. And, you know, I'm trying to get more sleep. I love the night. I feel so much connected to, to source, to spirit at night. And there's just, there's, there's a beautiful connection. But at the end, end of the day, that still affects my physical, my vessel. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to do the same, you know, do, do more physical activity, do more steps because it creates that foundation. For all the listeners, I'd encourage you to, to do what's right for you. Because um, one of the things that I add from a mental perspective is time in nature, time in silence, um, time for you. And a lot of people will say, well, I can't sit in silence. I can't because the mind's too busy. But again, I'd say the same thing. Your mind's like a muscle. You can't do one just something once and then expect it to work. You've got to do something continuously. And it's like when you have that time for you and you have 10 minutes in silence, ideally in nature, you start to start to connect to who you are because it's time for you. It's time for you to it's time for you to truly quiet the mind like a muscle, but then listen to your heart and soul and you start to feel the love you have for you inside. And again, I make it sound simple, but it's that. But look, these are just things that we're suggesting. All, every one of us is unique in this planet. And, you know, I would encourage all the listeners to, to just maybe try some of the things we suggested. I, I really think the self-care routine, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, needs to involve all four of your bodies. So it's like the physical activity that talked about in terms of just the movement affects your, your physical. You know, that, um, you know, the time and silence maybe affects your mental, your emotional, but it's like, you know, and also spiritually, it's like, you know, kind of understanding what do you need from all four of your bodies? And, you know, maybe the things you're going through aren't all physical. So, okay, which body are you working on? But I would encourage you to look for your answers inside you. And I would encourage you to, you know, if, 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 if there's an area you need help, ask. There's so much resources out there available, you know, some, some free, some chargeable. 
But if you ask and you're open to magic, I'm, I truly believe the universe delivers. And Stacey, I really feel that's what happened to you. You made a, you asked in some way, you started doing more readings and you were doing clubhouse, you started opening yourself up to magic. And the universe was, all right, she's working on herself, let, let's help her. And that's where, you know, you know, London came along and, you know, kind of whatever reason we met, right? Um, I, I feel, you know, even when we're working on your book and stuff, there is a connection there. We were meant to meet and we're meant to guide each other and expand each other in whatever way that looks like. So I really believe the universe wants to help us, but in some way we need to start to take some activity to meet the universe halfway. And creating a self-care routine, doing something for ourselves is such an amazing place to start. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I had somebody recently uh, from my past reach out to me and I had hurt them in the season shortly after everything happened with my son. And she said, I, I know that you're doing the work that you're meant to do. I know that this is what you're meant to do, but how do you show up for people when you've hurt them along the way? And what I think about with this is I don't come to people helping them because I've lived a picture perfect life. I come to people using my gifts and abilities and constantly working on myself to impart the wisdom that I've learned from my decisions, both good and bad, both, you know, healthy and painful. And I, I really want the listener to hear that because it's never too late to start again. As long as there is still air in your lungs and you are walking this earth, there is time to make a shift and make a change in how you're showing up. And I promise you that if you work to bettering yourself and acknowledging those parts of you that need healing, there are resources available to all of us to navigate through these things. I, I hope and I pray that our world will become more compassionate with people's mental health, that resources will continue to improve so that we have more readily available access to the resources that we need when we are in a crisis. But I do believe that there are, there are things that we can be doing now to help ourselves. And I am fiercely dedicated not only to helping myself, but to imparting that wisdom to as many people as I can while I'm still here. And Stace, I can, I've seen you do it. So, you know, that's, um, I, I can, you know, I've seen, you know, even sometimes when we have a discovery call and discovery calls are normally around our mentorship program, we end up helping the people that we're talking to in whatever way we can, right? Um, I really believe anyone that we're meant to work with is guided to us. And um, for me, that's a blessing. Um, I did. We did talk about on previous podcasts that in every every podcast we want to leave as as we're coming to close. Kind of could be a general prompt, it could be a question, it could be something that you know. Because otherwise, you have a good conversation, you listen to a good podcast, but unless you take some action, it's just it's just a good listen. So I really want to challenge all the listeners to um, and ask a question: What what can you do today, tomorrow? to help with your mental health? Who could you potentially reach out to? What could you look for? What could you do differently that would help your mental health? Um, when we were talking about what the question could be, we, you know, the first thing we asked, you know, what are you doing to help your mental health? Maybe that's a good question. But for me, a different question is what can you do? Now, what are you going to do differently to send a message out to the universe to say that you know, you're ready for a change? You're ready for the universe to show up for you, but you need to take the first step to meet the universe halfway. What can you? Could it be more physical activity? Could it be just more time with you? Could it be more um, <clears throat> getting more sleep? Be more conscious about what you what, what you watch, what you feed yourself, and it could be just spending more time with loved ones. Whatever that is, what can you do today to truly lift your spirit, but also help with your mental health? So, Stace, as we close out, and I want to talk about what's coming. Any messages you have to our listeners? You matter. Your mental health matters. It impacts everyone around you. 
And the one person that you have control of is yourself. So I just encourage you to take a closer look at how you're showing up in the world and where you are mentally. Because again, we cannot heal what we don't acknowledge. I want to acknowledge something that they said and just take a second. For every listener, you matter. Please hear those words. You are here for a reason. You listen to this podcast for a reason. And maybe it's just to hear those words that maybe not coming from me, maybe coming from a different place. Stacy said the same words, you matter. You're here for a reason and you matter. Um, so yeah, as I said at the beginning, we plan to do a podcast at least once a week, every Monday. So I'll post it Sunday night. So, you know, look out for our podcast. And um, if you like this podcast, please, please, please like on whatever platform you use. Please comment. That just helps more and more people to 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 get to listen because it goes up on on the search engines, etc. Um, but honestly, I, I I continue to remain astounded by the number of people that we reach. Um, I just I just love this having an impact. I feel blessed every time we get feedback. Um, we get messages all the time from from people who listened, and so feel feel truly truly blessed. We're doing what we can to show up. We, we're doing what we can to truly share our voice. And I'm really, really glad it's working. So um, just thank you to everyone that's listening. Thank you to Stacey. Stacey, you're a blessing in my life. Um, running only just every year. And, you know, we've done a lot. We're doing a lot. And um, we're showing up. And you push me and expand me, like I said earlier, uh, in ways that, you know, just uh, I think from a soul perspective, you're meant to, right? And um, you know, so thank you, thank you, thank you for being here and um, just sending so much love out to all the listeners. And Stacey, I'm going to hand over to you to close this episode. Thank you so much for doing this with me, Nims. I love every episode that we do and I love that we're giving back. And to the listener, again, what can you do to make your mental health a priority? Keep, we'll keep showing up for you. Keep tuning in. We've got great things ahead. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye for now.